Well, hello everyone. It's announcement time, so buckle your seatbelts if you have one at your church chair, and let's get ready for these announcements. Hey, we're still doing our one more offering. This is our annual special offering where we try to finance a lot of the big events we do at the church, as well as financing some of our maintenance projects and upgrades that we're doing. And uh, really, it's a cool thing to be a part of. We ask that you'd prayerfully consider participating in the One More Offering. There's more info on the app and the website. You can click the One More uh, Offering 2024 button and just, you know, get updated on everything that's going on because I don't want to tell you about it right now, but I do want you to pray about it, okay? So the info for that's on the app. Check it out at your earliest convenience. Also coming up this Wednesday, February 28th uh, at 6.30 p.m. is our next jam night. Uh, I invite all of our musicians, all of our singers, anybody who likes to play and sing and worship. It's a great night to be a part of. I have chord charts available on the app. You can check those out and uh, practice up for jam night. That's February 28th at 6.30 p.m. Our next One More Youth meeting, that's our youth group uh, for middle schoolers and high schoolers, grades 6 through 12. That's going to be March 6th at 6.30 p.m. We always have a blast. We're going to have a fun game. Uh, we eat pizza. We worship. Uh, we have a, a, a Bible study. So really, it's a great time. Invite your kids. Uh, if you're in that age group, join us. It'll be a blast. March 6th, 6.30 p.m. Also, next uh, family-oriented event, we have an Easter VBS. This is a one-night VBS on March 22nd. That's going to be from 6 to 8.30 p.m. It's going to be a blast. Pastor Georgina always does a great job organizing those. Uh, we'd ask that you'd help uh, by volunteering for that event. It's a great time. You know, you have a blast with the kids. Tell the kids about Jesus. There's really nothing better than that. So, volunteer. Okay, great. Awesome. Those are the announcements I have for this week. Keep downloading that KVC app. That's your uh, source for all info uh, regarding our church. The website's a great resource too, keysvineyard.com. And yeah, with all that being said, let's get ready for church. Woo! Say hi to everybody. Hey everybody online, welcome. So glad to uh, spend this time with you today and glad you're with us here online we're getting ready to hop in time of worship we've had a great time earlier looking forward to that with you then we're back into our series kingdom uh rebellion this is uh, part five we're gonna look at tie up genesis four and five and then start talking about the flood get your bible get ready Woo! good morning family it is wonderful seeing all your faces hearing your voices it's sounding like a party in here so we're looking forward to spending time with you all in worship and in the word this morning. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you're not quite sure of the flow yet. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Barry is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in Kingdom Rebellion. We're going to be talking about giants, the Nephilim today. And um, it's going to be really good. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for your willingness and your desire 
to bend down and be near to us. We thank you for the great lengths that you've gone to to restore us to relationship with you. To make us welcome in your throne room. This morning we're here to celebrate you, what you've done and are doing, your great faithfulness, your mercy, your loving kindness, your perfect justice. We ask that our time of worship and study is a pleasing offering to you today. You are beyond good to us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. Help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, you know that we have no power of our own to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls so that we may be defended from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Pastor Barry. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last supper of the Passover celebration. The cup of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance or remembrance. We call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. So as his friends gather this, this morning, we partake of this meal, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So this morning over here on the side of the sanctuary on this table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship in song and you feel led by the Spirit, please come and partake and remember and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Barry. We're going to start our time of worship now. And I always like to encourage us, sing along participate in this time of worship to the Lord. It makes a big difference when you sing out. We're going to have the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit. Stand if you're able. I've seen your goodness, Lord. All throughout my history 
faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms make way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your
I in my Savior 
desperate need of revival. Our families, our cities, our nation. Oh
the room, fill the room. He's coming to heal you. Fill the room, fill the room. He's here to save you. thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're good to us, Lord, and we love you. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. 
Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. Yeah, that's awesome. You get two prizes when you bring your Bible, right? Yeah, I know. So exciting. Yes, you got two? Yeah. Okay, so today's Bible verse. You do? Cool. Today's Bible verse or Bible story comes from the book of Romans, and that's the book after the book of Acts. So we're going to leave Acts for a little bit, but we'll come back to it next week, okay? You guys ready to hear this story? Okay, so Paul, he was a follower of Jesus, but God told him to tell others about Jesus, right? So Paul traveled all over sharing the message, the good news of Jesus with everyone that he met. And after his visit to the Christians in Rome, right, he wrote them a letter teaching them and reminding them of what is true. And in part of his letter to the Romans, he told them, this is the truth that we need to tell people. Are you ready to hear this truth? Well, we can read about it in Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he said it again. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he talked to them some more about the importance of telling others about Jesus. He said, before someone can trust in Jesus, they must believe in him. Before they can believe in him, they must hear about him, right? And before they hear about him, someone needs to tell them, right? And before someone goes and tells them, they must be sent. And he reminded them of something the prophet Isaiah had written. It goes like this. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, right? And he said, some people will hear the message and will still not believe but he said this again, very important. He said, faith comes by hearing the good news about Jesus. And people won't hear it unless we go and tell them. So important, right? Good. Are you guys ready to do that Bible verse with me? So repeat after me. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9. Good job. Oh, with one voice, right? Okay. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God sent, raised him from the dead, 
You will be saved. Wow, awesome. Good job. Good verse. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Pastor Regina will pray for them and they can uh, head off to Children's Church. Okay, boys and girls, you ready? Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes, okay? All right, Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day, Lord God. Thank you for protecting the kids, Lord God. Thank you for showing them your love, Lord God. Let them know, Lord God, that you are there for them all the time, Lord God. In Jesus' name, what do we say? Amen. Amen. Good job, you guys. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Have fun. <laughs> but not too much fun. <laughs> Is there such a thing? Yes. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad to have you with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to be with you wherever you are. And uh, very cool to be here. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, QR code that just popped up on the screen here in the sanctuary is for you. If you point your smart device at it, it will take you to a place on our website that has some very useful links. Uh, the uh, notes are there, the fill-in notes, so you can follow along with that. The uh, uh, listening assistance is there. The connect card, digital connect card is there. The translation system is there. Uh, we translate it 9.30 and 11 into 30 different languages, so that's available to you. And people ask, and you can either read along, or if you have uh, Bluetooth headphones or whatever headphones, you can listen. Very close to real time. Fascinating how that all works. And... Uh, so yeah, all that's there, and we encourage you to take advantage of that. If you're at home and you don't have that QR code on your screen, you can just go to the app and go to useful links, and it's all there. When we gather together corporately, we pray for our neighbors. We do this to reinforce what we ask you to do every day. Pray for the people that are right around you. Powerful, powerful ministry. So think about a couple of your neighbors. Let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. Draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. Good job. So, let's see. I'm going to... Oops, hang on. I want to go back. Did I mess everything up? Hit it again? So, why, can I set it up first? I will. Let's see, sir. We are grateful, all the students are grateful for the gift you've given us, for the printer. We are happy. This is our note that we've just printed. It's going to help us start doing Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir, for conceiving the great idea of creating the Cameroon Bible Institute. 
In fact, we are so grateful that you have not only conceived the idea, but you have gone ahead to provide us our needs. Thank you so much for the printers. At least you have made studies very easy for us. We are very, very grateful, sir. We are very grateful. In fact, this, this, this will go a long way to help us, help us have our notes easily now. Now we can just print them by ourselves. We are so grateful. We pray that God bless you. We love you so very much. Thank you. So let me explain that to you because uh, I, I hit the wrong button. Anyway. You had one job. Hit the wrong button at the right time. Right button at the wrong time. Yes. There's a lot of buttons. So, uh, you th- I have one job. I know. Um, one job. And three chances to do it. Explain so, the video. I, I'm always talking to you about how we get to do... Uh, we're, you guys are generous and we get to do really cool stuff. Locally, like today, uh, after next service starts and they get people fed on the way in, that truck is taking off, the food truck, and going to the big fishing tournament for all the kids where they'll give away hundreds of free ice creams and all that cool stuff. And you guys make that happen. And I'm always saying we do stuff globally too, which fascinates me. So... Um, uh, so what we did like, 10 years ago, 2014, we started a Bible Institute, uh, originally for us, some of the students here at church to get degrees, and we, we started working on that with like a group of 20, and that has expanded over 10 years, um, and we have, we've had over 2,000 students in that, and there's probably three or 400 active right now all over the world, and they do it because it's free to them. Um, right. we, we provide that to them, and so it's taken off. About a year ago... We had the idea that we would, uh, what we'd like to do is, is start little institutes uh, that are online but in different places in the world so that they can be uh, help in, in smaller communities because this one is getting a little big and uh, it's hard to give the students, you know, what I, my hope would be. So we, uh, we did the work, a lot of work last year, groundwork and getting websites ready to go so they can be modeled and we can host them and do all that cool stuff. And so the, our first one, we launched a couple of weeks ago in Cameroon in Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, they have 15 students already, Cameroon Bible Institute, and um, they're, they're really great to work with, and they, um, they didn't have a printer, and they like to print out their stuff when they work on it as they meet, a lot of these in this institute, they can meet together, and, uh, and so what we did was we sent them a printer, you mm-hmm. guys did, and that was the video after they got the printer, and yeah. how cool is it? Yeah. Amen, amen. Why I think it's so cool is we're here in a little place, right? This is a tiny, we're on a small, if you ever look at the map of the world and figure out where Big Pine Key is. <laughs> it's not there. What? God is, so good. is God. Mm-hmm. And he can do things. Like, you can't even imagine what he can do. Amen. And I'm amazed by the fact that we can do a little thing here that's having an impact all over the world and in places like that. Mm-hmm. Just, and you can see it on their face, right? There's a... Yeah. Somebody... Here's the thing. They're there and, and it's like, wait, people care about us. Yeah. And yeah. that means God cares about us. That's right. And, and we're here in this... Do you, do you, I don't know if you think about this because I do. We, we gather, so we do four of these on the weekend. And it's amazing. Every time I'm amazed that we're in this little place and people keep coming and the presence of God is real. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and they come back <laughs> and they keep coming back. It always amazes us. You came back. Look. 
It, I, should, but here, it shouldn't happen. See, the thing is, it shouldn't be happening. There's no, there's other than God, this thing shouldn't right. take place. Absolutely. And so I love seeing those things. But thank you for being generous so we can help Amen. students all over the world. I do want to say that in Cameroon, in Africa, they do, not everybody has access to tablets, right, and screens. So they need their resources printed out to be able to teach them. Also, this guy has worked so hard to get that institute set up, to get the one here, the one, and the many that are coming. So he wouldn't, he says, he says we, but a lot of it was he. Well, so you. good job, yeah. honey. <laughs> he, he likes nerdy, you I know. Liked it. Yeah, so, well, yeah, listen, I didn't, I got good. time. So that, but that's one. You know, my hope is to get five or six of those going yes, this year. Yes. But over the next number of years, to get a hundred of those going all over yeah. the, with a hundred mm-hmm. students in each one. Mm-hmm. See, that just shouldn't happen, but God can do that. Right? It's called equipping. Equipping the saints. Yeah, yeah, that's globally. what we do. Amen. Very cool. Okay, uh, enough of that. Yes. We, that's funny. <laughs> we, I was laughing yesterday mm. because I, uh, with the staff, they joke because I'll often say, hey, we need to do this and that. And then we'll, I'll give a list of things. And then I go, of course, by we, I mean you. you. <laughs> and then I leave. <laughs> by we, and they use that now. Yeah, well, you're... Austin, little Austin said, by we, he means you. <laughs> That's great. I know. How does he know that? That's awesome. Okay. Uh, Kingdom Rebellion. So we're in a series now. Uh, we did... Kingdom revealed, the rule and reign of God revealed. That's what that means now. It's the, the rebellion against the rule and reign of God. Uh, Genesis 1 and 2, 10 weeks we did. Now we're in Genesis 3 through 11. We'll spend about eight weeks here. Um, mm-hmm. Three big rebellions. Mm-hmm. The fall, the flood, the Tower of Babel, you need to remember. Lots of little rebellions along the way and some other really cool stories. And so yeah. we're taking time to dig into these together. And today we're going to talk about a little bit about the flood, but more about the flood next week. A lot about the giants yes. today. So that's what we're dealing with. Uh, let's do the jokes. So I heard about this guy who, who uh, he set up a, a blind date at a fitness center. And, and then she didn't show up. So I guess they didn't work out. <laughs> that's my kind of workout. Don't show out. up. I hung a, a picture up on the wall the other day. Mm-hmm. Some would say that I nailed it. <gasps> wow. Pastor Billy sent me this last one. I wanted Yay. to share. This is my week yeah. of, of jokes that have come my way through lots of texts. What do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? Irrelevant. <laughs> See? Yeah, Good uh-huh. job, Pastor Billy. Okay, please, uh, honey, would you pray for us and lead us in the reading of the Word? I would. Let's pray, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for this day and for the wonderful goodness this morning that has already passed before our eyes. Papa, I pray that as we dig into the word this morning, Lord, your Holy Spirit would come and settle on us, that we would learn more, that we would be drawn to you in even greater ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Genesis, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them that they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. 
The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, men of renown. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Okay, so we're spending a lot of time, as you can tell, in Genesis 1 through 11. And the reason behind that, I want to talk about again, is that Genesis 1 through 11 really has most of the themes set up in it that you need to sort of have the rest of the Bible open up to you. And it's, it's just fascinating. And yet we often haven't read it with that understanding So we're taking some time right now to dig through some of these themes that will help us as we continue on reading uh, the Bible together. Uh, And we, last week and last couple of weeks, we talked about the fall, the first of these three big rebellions, and the pivotal verse that comes out of the fall, Genesis 3.15, I'll call it the crimson thread of redemption, it's the beginning of that, and that out of that comes the idea that there's an offspring of the woman that's going to crush the head of the offspring of the serpent. And that that's a major sort of driving force now throughout the rest of the Bible. When you get to the Old Testament, it's not resolved. That's good. So New Testament resolves it. But it, it, the Old Testament finishes, and they haven't got that. They don't have a seed of the woman that has crushed the head of the serpent. And so we're, we're seeing now that what springs out of this idea of offspring are these genealogies that are happening everywhere. And we had Cain and Abel we talked about. And Cain kills Abel. And he, Cain is in the right offspring initially, that line, but by his actions, he changes camps. And he's acting like one of the offspring of the serpent. And then we read his genealogy, and we find out that it just continually gets worse and more and more evil as it goes, ending with Lamech, Lamech, and he's just a terrible dude, right? Um, and we looked at that a couple of weeks ago. And then, in the other side, then we have the story pick up in Genesis, the end of Genesis 4, 5, with Seth. And Seth is born to Eve, and this is the right line again. And Seth then has a son named Enosh, which means human. It's the idea of a new line of humanity. The right line is coming out. And we looked at the generations from there uh, last week. And they, they do better than the other side by a long shot. And in that group, you have people like Enoch, good Enoch, who walked with God and then was no more. And we talked about a lot of that last week. And that keeps going on. And we, we finally will end up with Noah, who becomes a big part of the following story. And we find out, we'll, we'll get it. Noah also walks with God. So we're all set up now for Genesis 6. And I had Alice read the beginning of Genesis 6. And there's something going on in the beginning of Genesis 6 that I think oftentimes we've skipped over or uh, forgotten about or not understood. And we put a lot of things in that category when we're reading the Bible. I don't understand it. And we don't really think over it that much. And the flood sort of takes over the story here. But there's these something happening in those first four verses where we're introduced to Nephilim. Um, and your translation may say giants. And it's, again, a lot of people skip over it or don't talk about it, but that should catch you. You're like, what? Why is there giants all of a sudden? I've been reading these first five chapters, and I've seen what God has done, and there's been no mention of giants, that he made giants. So why in the world are there giants? And you should ask those questions. The text wants you to. It invites you to ask that question. 
And it explains it, but the way that it explains it, the answer is often not in our radar, and so we think, well, that what it says obviously can't be what's going on. And so uh, a lot of times we have uh, children's church ideas, which is fine. That's how we learn most of these stories about what's going, particularly about the flood. And I've got to challenge some of it. It's good for teaching the kids that, but we need to look at differently what's going on and how this is setting up and why the flood actually happens. And so into the story, we have these giants, these Nephilim, that pop in. And uh, verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. And they were the heroes of old, men of renown. And uh, we often, we look at this and go, well, these giants, these Nephilim, maybe they're good guys, heroes, men of renown, but they weren't. They just, they took violence to a different level and they uh, they got this sort of mighty warrior sort of thing, but they were evil in the things that they did. And that line there, the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them. So, okay. Well, the sons of God, the word there is Elohim, little e Elohim. Introduce them into the story for you already. These are the, uh, the angelic or heavenly family that God created before he created the human family. And we saw one of them go bad in Genesis 3. And now more of them choose the wrong thing as well. And they are actually uh, seeing human women and that they're beautiful. And this is a twist on the story. Because in that same passage, it says that the, the daughters of humans were beautiful. So you haven't been, we're not far into the Bible, we're in Genesis 6, right? And so we should have the, even though it's taken us, you know, 20 weeks to get here, whatever, uh, we should have it pretty fresh in our mind, and you should be able to say, okay, so what else was beautiful in the Bible? And what was beautiful in the Bible was back in the fall, and the the tree, the fruit on that tree was beautiful to look at, remember? And the setup is that you had one of these angelic beings that, that had chosen to go the wrong way, pointing out to the human woman in particular, but both, uh, and look at this beautiful fruit. There's a twist in this. This happens over and over again in Genesis. It's a slightly different picture now because now what you have introduced in the story is you've got these evil uh, sort of fallen Elohim and they see human women they're not supposed to have and they're beautiful and they decide to take them for themselves. It's just sort of a picture, it's a flip on what happened at the fall in different sort of beings in, in, in the process, all right? So these Elohim, some of them see beautiful human women and they decide to imitate God basically by producing uh, their own human children of, of sorts. Uh, to image themselves. They don't like God's family. Remember I told you the first on the scene uh, throughout the Bible often is jealous over the second to arrive and make bad choices because of that. And that's what we have going on here. So instead of embracing God's human family, initially in Genesis 3, pretty confident the idea was they're going to try and get God to wipe out the human family by showing them that they weren't good. And that didn't work because God... I'm so thankful that God loves us because we make a lot of bad choices. And even after the fall, right? God, God still loves you. And he didn't curse people. He cursed the ground and the serpent. Significant that you see that that happened leading through the fall. And so he doesn't give up on us and he's going to make a way for us. And that's what happens through the story. So the, the Elohim, some of them decide, well, we don't like that family. We'll make our own. But they were never going to be children. They were going to be slaves. 
And that's what you have introduced into the story. That's where giants come from. That's where the Nephilim come from. These angelic beings, some of them, little E. Elohim, decide to uh, procreate with human women. And these giants are what's the result. And already, because of our poor choices, humans' poor choices, evil is flourishing, as we looked in Cain's line. And now, with the Elohims involved in the giants' activity, it's, it's just off the charts, terrible evil. And what happens is the Lord is grieved. God is grieved over this situation. Let me read it to you in verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. Listen to this verse. Every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's a, ponder that verse for a little while. That's a, that's a horrible situation. That's what had happened in, uh, to the human family that God wanted. And the Lord grieved, uh, regretted, but is grieved that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled because this was the state. Remember the heart of God. We looked at this, that whole series, was to co-rule the planet with us. He didn't need us. He wanted us. He loved us and he gave us his gifts and, 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 and you know, so many of his attributes and, you know, we chose to go in our own way, and the result of that choice, that because he gave us free will, was that things got bad, and now seeing the, the Elohim had their ability to make choices too. Their poor choices has now made this situation horrific, and uh, it grieves God, because uh, this is what's happened to the human family that he wanted. And, and Genesis 6-7, the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I've created, with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret, I'm grieved, is really the word, again, that I have made them. Um, this is important because being grieved is different than being angry. And sometimes people will read in this story, well, God's just a big meanie and he was angry and said, in his anger, he just took everybody out. And that's not what happens. God is heartbroken over our bad choices and over now what the Elohim have done uh, in just causing this magnificent, horrible, terrible problem. Uh, and, and so the solution is the flood. So he can't suspend free will because he's given us free will. So basically what needs, what's needed is a, is a do-over, a cosmic reset. And we'll get into the whole dynamics of the flood next week because there's so much going on. It's so cool. Read Genesis 6, 7, 8, 9, getting ready for next week. It just, it, it's wild. But the, it's a, it, the flood is a cleansing of this mess. That's, that's how you need to see. These are cleansing waters. They'll, they'll play into it a lot. And it's back in Genesis 1 that, you know, everything was covered in water and the spirit hovered over it and then dry land happens. It's just going back and resetting everything. Um, but it's not a complete do-over because fortunately we have this offspring of the woman line and we have Noah. And Noah is a, we find out he's a, he's a righteous dude. Uh, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. That's, the Bible says man. I paraphrase. But dude, in case you hadn't noticed. I, and I wonder how many people are stuck there still. Did he just say dude? Like. <sighs> blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. That's a big deal. We talked last week at the end of the message about walking with God and what that means. So you got Noah. And so we got Noah and his wife, Noah's three sons and their wives. And um, 
You, you know a lot of this story, a bunch of animals, it's, you know, seven of every clean animal, two of every unclean animal, and all of that's going to, we're going to dig into that next week, I promise. But this process takes 120 years when this is going on, of, uh, and uh, Genesis 6-3, the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they're immortal, their days will be 120 years. Oftentimes people read this and, and go, God's tired of people because they're such a mess living to be seven, eight, nine hundred years old, so he's cutting it to 120. When really that's not what's going on here, because after the flood they still live for longer than 120 years. Um, this is from the time that the decision is made, that the, that the planet needs a cleansing because of the evil that the Elohim and people have done. There's, there's a 120-year period. And this is because God is merciful. He doesn't just, boom, it wasn't an angry decision and flood happens. There's 120 years demonstrating the mercy of God. And that no, look at this verse about Noah. Second Peter 2.5, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on his ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Here's the setup, is that um, for 120 years, while they're building this ark, Noah is telling people what he's doing and why. And there's an opportunity for people to repent. And there's a way for them to make it through if they just listen. And Noah is faithful to it because, you know, that's a big storyteller thing, right? The big, big box happening in the middle of the desert. Because the ark is this giant big rectangle. We make it look more boaty than it really did. It's this big floaty box. And um, it's really big. And sometimes people think it's really big because of the animals. It's really big because there's room for people besides the eight that go on. And they say no. But that ties into a lot of other things. You can feel some of the, you can think about some of the tie-in. But anyway, that's coming, right? So they didn't, and we'll dig into that whole thing uh, next week. Oh, it's so cool. So excited. Want to do it now? Can't. Don't have time. What I do need to finish with is the giant problem. Because God deals with the giant problem by dealing with the Elohim who caused the problem. And in the New Testament, we find out how God does this. Second Peter 2, 4. For if God did not spare angels... When they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. This is what he's doing. He takes the Elohim that have caused the problem, God does, and he binds them up in a way that they can't continually do what they've been doing. We see it in Jude as well. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, chose not to do what they were supposed to do. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment on the great day. So God moves into the giant problem by taking care of the Elohim at this moment in time. We're going to have more giants to deal with, and there's reasons why, but for now, God deals with the giant problem by taking the Elohim and making them so they can't continue to do what they're doing. But the damage was done. And and so we're going to see how it impacts humanity next week as we talk about the flood. But God dealing with giants made me think about this. Because I'm trying to give you something practical every week. Otherwise, I could just spend 30 minutes geeking out on the Bible. And, and uh, how, do we, how do we apply it? What's going on? And so, so far, what we've done is we, we talked about, um, a few weeks ago, temptation, as we looked at the fall. And then I said the enemy's tactics are the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of the life. And then we talked about how blessed we are that we have Holy Spirit. <sighs> yeah. Um, now living in us, and that He empowers us and leads us and guides us so not only we can choose to do the right thing, we can walk it out. If we listen, and we looked at the fruit of the Spirit, some, and we talked about self-control and how that happens for us. Uh, and, and so 
Today what I want to do is talk about facing the giants in your own life real quick and make this real practical as we get near the end. So, so we've looked at so far the blessing of Holy Spirit now walking and keeping in step with Him to deal with temptation. And temptation is one of the big tactics of the enemy. We looked at that. But another thing that the enemy likes to use to keep you from staying in step with God and, and keeping walking with Him, the other one is fear. So he, he tempts you to do things. That's happening. And at the same time, he brings fear on you. And, and you, then it's hard for you to do the right thing as well. And uh, I, I'd say this, this fear often presents itself in our lives as these giants. These big, enormous sort of moments and things that are happening in our lives that overwhelm us. And the whole point behind them is that the enemy wants to steal your peace and your joy. Because he, he, he's already, he doesn't like it that you've come to follow Jesus. And, but he, it's worse that you're having a good time with it. And he wants you to, he tries to, he, want, he hates it. So he steals it from you wherever he can. And he uses fear as one of those ways. Temptation to get you to do what you shouldn't so you're not. And then fear to just, all these things happen. And, and, and giants in our lives take a lot of different forms. But they have that in common. They want to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. And it's like, you can be having a follow. You can be having a good day, right? Everything. Ooh, this is a good day. And you can get a phone call. You can get an email. You can hear a news story. You can have. And all of a sudden, it's like <gasps> bad, 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 very bad. And then we we take those situations and we misuse our holy imaginations with worry, and we blow them up into something just astronomical, huge. And then we're, we spend all our energy trying to figure out how we're going to do them, and we can't figure... Oh, it's so big, I can't deal with it. And it's the giant thing, and it's ruining my life. And that's what the enemy is after. He wants to do that for you. But let me tell you, for every giant that you face, there's a solution, and his name is Jesus. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, hello. His name is Jesus. Jesus is bigger than any giant you will ever face at any time. And it's a trick that the enemy does, try to make these giants seem so, so big. Make them even bigger. They're nothing in comparison to God. They're, they're nothing. Because, you know, God is God, and he's got you, and he's for you. And so I want you to remember two things. One, as you go through life, and these big things happen, always keep God in the equation of your life. Isn't it amazing how quickly we forget about the faithfulness and the goodness and the bigness of God as we go through our days? I've been reading with my postscript group. We've been working through the Bible again this year, and we're, we're up into Deuteronomy now. And the, the people of Israel, and I, I always kind of chuckle. I used to think, well, you know, uh, if I saw what they saw, no way would I. But we do it all the time. And they the stories, I mean, like God comes and rescues them out of slavery and bondage in Egypt. They leave with all of their neighbors' stuff. I don't know if you ever read that in the story. It's really cool. But the neighbors are like, take it all, all the gold, everything we got that's of value. You take it with you for your three-day journey. Bye. And they have all this stuff, which is, you th- it's not stealing. It's payment for 400 years of slavery. Off they go. And then all of a sudden the army's chasing them. They're like, uh-oh, we're, we're done, we're done. And then God parts the Red Sea and they go through it and the Red Sea crashes down and kills Pharaoh and his armies. And like, whoo, they get about a day later and then they're complaining again. And you know, they complain, there's not enough salt here. <laughs> salt. Salt's not even good for you, salt. And they, 
And then God just, he just keeps providing for them water out of rocks and bread that shows up over every night. But boom, blood, manna, and, and birds and th- things that shouldn't happen over and over and over and over and over again. And like, if it hasn't happened for a day or two, they're like, let's go back to Egypt. Come on, we're out, guys. We need some new leaders. These ones don't know what they're doing. And you, you just shake your head because, and God must, whew, these are some tough people. Look, do you, like the sea wasn't enough, really? And the, Okay. The water out of the rock was cool, right? No? <laughs> but he's like that in our lives. I mean, he does stuff constantly. And yet we forget. And, and you can't forget. Keep God in the equation of your life when something's coming. Think about how many times have you had a situation that just seems so massive and you had all these ways figured out, you know, that you thought were going to work and then God did something that you even even considered and fixed it. He's God. Keep him in the equation of your life. Paul says, I I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Keep God in the equation. Second, and I'm almost done. Remember to dress for battle. Because we're in a battle. And... I think, again, with this whole idea that we forget if we're not constantly reminded, uh, we've done lots and lots of series here about the armor of God. And when we're doing those series, I know that we're in there and we're praying it on and we're doing, we have wristbands and we're, whoo, the armor of God. And yet, when time goes by, we start to forget. And we're not preparing the way that we should. And we have this amazing armor to stand in this battle that giants can't deal with. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That's a good remember. And in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the the lust of the flesh, the lust of lies, the pride of the life, fear. You can stand against them. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's these little E Elohim that we battle. And they've been around. We'll talk more about that over the next few weeks. And they cause all the problems that are happening. And it's not... we want, It's the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent, not the offspring of the serpent. And what we have a tendency to do is we get focused on what we consider the offspring of the serpent. And we 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 start to put a face or people to the things that we hate or disagree with. And all of a sudden, they become the enemy and the target. And that is not the battle. That is absolutely not it. And the problem is when you do that, you begin to hate those people. I guarantee you, you're not praying for them and loving them the way that gives them an opportunity to find their way back into the right side. And that's why the battle's different. But we stay in the battle realizing it's the enemy and his legion that we're we're against. And the armor helps us to stay focused. And so we do that. Therefore, put it on. Pray it on. The armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, every morning, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, pray this part. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The truth of God. The breastplate of righteousness. Doing it His way. The, the right way in Him. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Keeping in step with the Spirit. Walking with God. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Oh, this is a good one. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the, everything he throws at you, faith. Yeah, I've got, I've got the Lord. And the Lord is bigger than this mess and any giant. And pray in the spirit. 
Uh, did I skip one? Take the helmet of salvation. That's a good one, right? Because of the thought thing that we already looked at earlier, the inkling of evil. Helmet of salvation to help our thoughts. And the sword of the Spirit. Oh, that's the Bible. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God, as you know. That we've got that. And then pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. If you've sort of gotten out of the habit of praying on the armor, new habit. Start praying it on every day. And that's how we face the giants. Don't need to be afraid. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, sound mind. He's with us. He's for us. Next week, back to the flood. And uh, it's so cool. So read up and get ready. But I've got to stop for today. Ministry team, those of you here, want you head over the wall. People on the way of the wall, they're here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, let them pray for you. Listen, maybe there's a giant in your life that just seems to be stuck there. Let someone pray with you and, and uh, slay that giant today. And this whole story, uh, his story, we, we find our way into his story. He invites us in by saying yes. He invites us. And, and he's done everything that needed to happen at the cross and in the resurrection. And we just say yes. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? The kids verse, so cool. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved, made whole, included, part. So if you've never done that, please do it today. It's it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It changes everything. Holy Spirit comes. Best decision you will ever make. Amen. And as our ministry team waits to pray for you, I have a couple words that the Lord showed me. And the first one is, I saw a man, and you're carrying a Home Depot bucket, you know, one of those orange buckets. And it's filled with all your regret and all your loss and all the things you think you've done wrong. And and the Lord's standing a little bit in front of you, and, and he said, put it down. Put the bucket down. So you do, because Jesus tells you to put the bucket down. And Okay, forgive me. The Lord came running up, and he kicked that bucket so hard. You'll never see. Pulled up his thing, ran and kicked it. So I saw that. And then somebody's visiting here today. You're, you're with somebody. And your vision of uh, spirituality and the Lord and, and church is a straitjacket. And the Lord said, no, no, you can wear shorts and a t-shirt and be comfortable and love the Lord. So that's all. Amen. Yeah. Good stuff. Kick if the I bucket. had more time, I'd like to talk. Yeah, he'd kick the bucket. I like it. Yeah, yeah. If you had more time. I would love to. Those are both really good yeah. topics. Yeah. So, but we don't. So we're going to stop. Um, what do we do? I thanked you already for being generous, right? So there it is. Thank you guys for being faithful to giving tithing offering. You guys are awesome. And we love you for all of that. Let's sing doxology so that we can uh, dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, here below. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of your day. Prayer is over there. If you need it, go get it. We'll get this door open for you. You can head out this way. And uh, 
Be kind to one another out there. Hope your team wins. Catch some fish. Whatever's going on, do that. See you soon. Bye. Hey, Vito. Thanks for watching, everybody, and uh, being a part. Next week, very cool stuff. Genesis 6, 7, 8, 9. Read it. There's so many cool things in there. And what did you want to share before, Reed? <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Well, didn't we want to thank the volunteers? Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, volunteers, for um, the family fun night. 